it's the Mac Militant. You think you know me. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Kinks of the Rings podcast, where we bring you all the latest from the sport we all love to hate. Join the host, the founder, the proprietor. It's me, it's me, it's Ripley T. And joining me is the invincible, the bald, the ridiculous, Dave Just Incredible Malkovich. And of course, we'll be without our cleanup hitter. It's the man who knows it all. The only man I know who buys as much wrestling merch as Dave does. King Ricky Ortiz. And in the kingdom, we go through Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. Indie news, tangents, best of the rest, king of the night, and a whole lot of laughs. Because it's time. We're the kings. Oh, it's time. Of the rings. It's kings of the rings. Time. The Kings of the Rings podcast. And welcome everyone to the 35th episode of the Kings of the Rings podcast. I got it right this week. Last week I said 35 to begin. It was actually 34. Whatever. I don't care. You're listening to Brock Lesnar's theme song because Brock Lesnar kicked ass this weekend. As he's going to be kicking ass in the future. But for now, you have to deal with me, Will E.T. It's me, it's me, it's Will E.T. T's and Thomas, A-R-A-S-H-U-K. Find me on Facebook, find me on Twitter. Kings of the Rings podcast, K-O-T-R underscore podcast. I am joined by Sexual Chocolate, ooh. King Ricky. Ooh, ooh, I, I don't know why I've never thought of that before. What's going on, folks? It's the third man, King Ricky here. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Ambassador Biggs, B-I-G-Z. No, nothing else to say here. Let's get the show on the road. Why do, why do, you, use, why do you use a Z? Like, like, like Ezekiel Jackson, that kind of Z? No, no, no. Okay, we have a big show to talk about. Brock Lesnar in the UFC, Vince McMahon coming back, and I guess just doing what Vince McMahon does. Uh, we had cool things with the New Day. We had AJ Styles and just beating up John Cena. We had, uh, what else did we have? We had Darren Young. Yeah, I guess he's great again. We're trying. We, we're definitely trying. We have all that and more. Uh, best of the rest, King of the Night, the, the CWC, and Finn Balor, Nakamura, two preview on our road to Battlegrounds. God, it still has a shitty-ass name, but fuck it, let's get into it. I, I do love how Brock Lesnar came out to this song, his own song, at UFC 200. I didn't actually watch it. I watched a little bit. I was going to watch it. But then it got spoiled for me that he won in a decision. I was like, well, I don't even knock him out. I don't even want to watch it. I think, I think it was a unanimous decision. But, it was. But no matter what, as he said in the press conference, Brock Lesnar does what Brock Lesnar wants to do. 
So if Brock Lesnar wanted to win, he was going to win. If Brock Lesnar wanted to lose, he was probably going to lose. But he's Brock Lesnar, so he's probably going to win and look good doing it. And that's what—that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I saw some photos. I saw some um, like replays, and looked like he did handle him pretty well. So you, I mean, if if his fight went to a decision, I knew either way he was going to win. There's no way Vincent's be like, listen, White. If this goes to a decision, no, Dana White. If this goes to a decision, my guy better not lose. (laughs) You know that happens. I mean, Vince pretty much had a stronghold on the entire UFC 200 event. Like, if you if you look at it, he was able to get two promos for his second biggest show of the year, SummerSlam, on UFC pay per view event. He had his most over cross. His, his biggest crossover star besides The Rock pretty much be the main event of of the biggest UFC event of all time. Vince McMahon pretty much got the got the best part of his deal, hands down. Yeah, even in, even in UFC, Vince McMahon finds a way to come out on top. Because the biggest, I just, I, I, had to, I had to mention it on, on social media, on the, interweb, on the interwebs, the biggest UFC event is being main evented by a wrestler. Who is also... A WWE wrestler. Who is also the biggest draw in UFC history. A professional wrestler is the biggest draw in UFC history. Think about that. I mean, granted, he is an incredible athlete, an incredible fighter, and an absolute specimen. And apparently, he's also a humanitarian. If you saw his post-match uh, interview, he was like, from one white boy to the rest of the nation, we all gotta stick together. Like... That's hats off in my book, so. Did he have a look on your face as it all too? I don't even know what to say to that. All right. That's what he said. That is what he said, that yeah. That's what he said. He said from one white boy to the rest of the nation, we all got to stick together. It sounded weird. It looked weird coming out of his mouth. And then you realize that's why he has Paul Heyman speaking for him. Yeah, I was, I was thinking, is Paul Heyman going to be there? You know how awesome it would have been to have Paul Heyman. I bet Vince probably booked, uh, pitch, pitched this to the book it. Like, um... <laughs> Fucking um, Bruce Buffer introduces um, Mark Hunt, and then Paul Heyman comes out of nowhere. Ladies and gentlemen, my name <laughs> is Paul Heyman. UFC fans are like, what the fuck is going on? But wrestling fans would be like, this is awesome. And Dane White must have been just like, dude, <laughs> no. Paul Heyman, I think Paul Heyman should have walked out with him, with CM Punk. <laughs> <laughs> And create a new dangerous alliance across from emotional dangerous alliance from like back in the eighties. But I mean Vince Vince totally destroyed that UFC event. It was a total WWE event in the making, if you really think about it. But then the next day Dana White sold UFC for four billion dollars. So I guess I mean Vince McMahon wins a promotional battle and Dana White pretty much wins in the money battle from here on out for selling the now pretty much the the biggest fighting sport for four billion dollars. Billion, billion. That's with a B. Billion dollars. But as Brock Lesnar said, the next road for him is a month at SummerSlam. One thing I actually did forget to mention: how many times that Brock Lesnar WWE video game commercial played <laughs> at this UFC event? I was like, wow, Vince even got ads <laughs> for his video game at a UFC event. Oh, Jesus. This is a creep. Vince, old, senile, slightly racist, really, really creepy in real life, business genius. Hey, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Dana White, hey, pal. 
I'm taking a bath on all the money we're gonna make from this. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably in that. He's probably in that weird like outfit that they made him wear on like Swerves when he was like the security. That guard. was hysterical. <laughs> uh, it was so funny. Oh. That was ridiculous. I can't believe he actually did that. That's a combination for another day. Or uh, Lesnar's going in the face. Orton. When they announced this, I was like. You know what it was? Okay. It, was... it makes sense because there's nowhere else for him to go. Yeah, and they've never fought before. And also, when you, when they talked about it, like, oh, big announcement on SmackDown right before Brock Lesnar fights at UFC 200 that Saturday, we're going to have a giant announcement on who his next opponent is. So you're thinking, like, you know, some kind of grand, like, someone's in the middle of the ring and they're like, the next opponent for Brock Lesnar is and blah, blah, blah. Coming up next, coming up next. And then all of a sudden, it was just a graphic. Yeah. Being like, hey, here's Brock Lesnar, here's Randy Orton, they're going to fight. Like, very anticlimactic. Well, that, well it, was on, it was on SmackDown. It was on a pre-recorded SmackDown. You still could have had Randy Orton at least, like, you know, know. at least put the music. They, ha- they have two guys. They had a big announcement for two people that are fighting, and neither of them were there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only in wrestling. Yeah. That's, like, that's like football announcing that we just signed a new all-star quarterback but he's not there for the press conference. Yeah, no, it was it was it was pretty bad. And now, pretty <laughs> they, they, was, they, put his, they put his jersey on a mannequin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now the next time we're going to see Orton is at Battleground in a what is it? Um, the highlight reel highlight segment, reel, which is fine, which is okay, but like it's again anticlimactic. Like you could have you could have made this announcement not at SmackDown. You could have had it at Battleground and they make could, it a bigger make it a bigger deal. They, what they could have done is announce it. At the UFC post con- post press conference, that's true. That would have been a good place. I mean, only if he won. If he lost, you're not going to do that. Yeah. If he won, then if not, you just do it on next week's SmackDown. Do you know what have been? An, you know what have been an awesome, awesome total WWE work, but Dana White would never allow it. Brock Lesnar has a press conference. He gets RKO'd out of nowhere, <laughs> and then like the fight is on to SummerSlam <laughs> with with with, with his busted up eyes. Lesnar got rocked in the face in that press conference. He had a big the the puffy eye. Did he break his orbital bone? I don't know, but he looked he looked pretty banged up. Yeah, it it, it did look bad, but he's Brock Lesnar. He probably didn't even feel it. I mean, he was talking like it was no big deal. He's he's he'll be fine by SummerSlam. Yeah. It's gonna be he's co-main eventing SummerSlam. It's pretty much hands down. Yeah. Him and Orton in a match that we've never seen before. Pretty much a dream match that we've been lobbying for for years, and now it's finally gonna happen at SummerSlam. I don't. I actually don't know what. What other main event can top that? Uh, it, it won't go on last. It's going to be whatever the title's doing. The title's going to go on last. Or... Well, the title didn't go on last last year. It was Undertaker and Lesnar last year. True, but Orton doesn't have the same money value as Taker does. Especially in a feud that big. That's true, but I mean, Orton's... This could be... Actually, I can see this right now. This might be Orton's like last... Big thing he ever does. Yeah, yeah this, like, this might be his last big thing he ever does. So I can see, like, very good promo Orton coming back for, like, the, the month leading up to Slam and baby, creating a very good hype for this match. Babyface Orton is a boring Orton. And he's probably going to be baby. I don't know. Like, is this going to be a face-face thing? I don't, or is Lesnar still a heel? But I, Lesnar's never a heel. I think Lesnar's beyond the point of being a heel or a face at this point. He's just... Brock Lesnar. Yeah. He just does what he wants to do. He's like, I don't even know if he's going to get drafted. I think he just shows up, fucks people up. He shows up, fucks people up, leaves. Randy Orton's kind of at the caliber now. He's not really a face. He's not really a heel. He just shows up, RKO's people, leaves. Like, he pretty much does whatever he wants at this point. I think that's why this 
this matchup right now is great timing because we're already over. They're already established. They already kind of have their cult followings. It's going to be a split crowd as to who actually might win this thing. So this is like Randy is Randy versus Lesnar is going to be an, a great match. You know, I was I was I was gonna make a joke saying how Randy Orton's old theme song needs to come back. No, it does not. It one it does. Now it's gonna play it, but I just see the Titantron and it's a woman licking his head. And, oh shit! It is a woman and, licking and his head. And I don't want to play it anymore. Yeah, no. No. Wait, is wait is that Nikki Bella? No, nah, that might be Mickey James. Oh, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, she probably licked his head. Yeah. Yeah, both heads. Ah. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, we had Monday Night Raw. I'm not gonna lie. I was. Ugh. Past few days, I've been a little bit in a funk. I've been in a CM funk, if you will. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that yeah. was a good one. A little bit of a CM funk, but Raw kind of helped me get out of the CM funk. I'm just gonna keep saying CM Funk and hope it CM sticks. Probably <laughs> not. I actually thought Raw was was a good Raw. I think the first hour was really good. Uh, I thought the first hour was the best hour, and then all of a sudden it started crashing. Yep. Like really, I, really I bad. It yeah, it started crashing really badly, um, and then it kind of built up to the semi anticlimactic end ending that we all knew what was coming. You know what happened when they said Vince was coming? That was great. And then they were supposed to have a match between like Owens and um Cesaro. Owens and Cesaro. That was weird. And then like Vince came out like right before like did his whole like Titan Tron pop and was like, oh the announcement was coming, the announcement was coming. And right when he said that, the crowd lost it. Yeah. And it was pretty much like everybody waiting till the announcement to happen. It was very awkward. Like last time Vince did that, it was a match between like R Truth and like Heath Slater. Which made more sense. And people were like, why is this happening? And while the match was going on, Vince came out and was like, oh. <laughs> he came out in a limo and he came, his music hit. He's like, out. <laughs> He's just like, out. It's just like, I was like, oh, that's awesome. But no, you had this thing with Sami Zayn's on commentary. Um,. Owens, like, interrupts him. We're like, okay, cool, here comes Cesaro. Nope, there's Vince. For for whatever reason. Because yeah. Kevin Dunn said so. Yeah. Or, I don't know. Or maybe because Vince McMahon said so. And then Vince screws up his own terminology. We have been talking about COOs, COOs for weeks now. Wait, he said COO last week. Yeah, like, they, the announcer said COO. Vince goes, COO, no, wait, commissioners. And now, for the rest of eternity, we have commissioners, which makes no sense whatsoever. Uh. Commissioner Slaughter, oh, the the com this the, the title Commissioner is stupid. COO was COO was ten times better. Yeah, like it it made sense. It's it's a lot more you know it's a lot more business you know sound. It sounds a lot more real than Commissioner. It mm. it it really does. It gives them a little bit like you know more of an importance behind. The, behind the title, even though we're just kind of figureheads, you know, in the grand scheme of thing, but COO just sounded nicer and cleaner, but now we're stuck with being commissioners. So, it is what it is. Yeah, so, Vince came out, th this closing segment did kind of save Raw. It did. It was a pretty good segment. You have the three McMahons in the ring, it just, breed, it just breeds chemistry. And Duh, because they're family. Yeah, and Vince is pretty much just a sick fuck. <laughs> when, it come, when it comes to his children, he was like, you guys are playing nice, I want you guys to kill each other. <laughs> Literally, Kill each other in the ring. Uh, one, one thing. Once Vince gets shown on TV, <laughs> the first thing Shoot says, why does he walk like that? <laughs> the, Vince Mc, the Vince McMahon walk. Yeah, there's nothing more epic than a Vince McMahon strut. Yeah, okay? it's the perfect. It's, yeah, I mean, that was... That, I think he did that strut, like, before the quad surgeries, right? Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing more epic than the Vince McMahon strut. It just means that, like, he's 
going down. He means business, and someone's going to get their ass whipped, whether they like it or not. So, yeah, he's going to jerk off. That's exactly that's exactly what he's going to do. So I was <laughs> I was kind of hoping that something cool was going to happen. Like I was just waiting, as was I. I was waiting for like Triple H to music to hit or something to happen. And like this, all the references to the game, the game, yeah. the game. Steph even said, "My husband, husband the game." My husband's like, the only game in the in town. We're like, okay, let's 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 bring him out. Come yeah. on, Paul, let's go, Mister Levesque, let's go. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Instead, we have um, Shane on the case of the downs and Steph taking it raw. Yeah, Shane's running SmackDown, which is you know kind of the right thing to do. Absolutely. And Stephanie's running raw because it's the right thing to do because it's low maintenance and Shane can hopefully have creative freedom to do whatever he needs to do on SmackDown. And by creative freedom, I hope you're listening to this, Shane, because if you don't bring back the fucking SmackDown fist, yes, I I will fucking riot. (laughs) (laughs) I will riot so badly. The one thing I did not like about this announcement is that he gave Shane SmackDown. Perfect, fine, cool, whatever. Like you gave Shane, you gave Shane SmackDown in the same place where he returned after seven years. So cool. But then when he was giving Raw to Stephanie, he was like, "We're giving the franchise, yeah. the like the longest running episodic show in television history, the cornerstone of WWE, Raw to Stephanie." And then in that moment, you totally bury any SmackDown momentum. I know. I was thinking the same thing. I was like, "Did you just bury your own show? Like the past." month of build-up for this brand split, and you just buried it. It's gone. And then Steph is just like, you know what, Shane? I'm gonna bury you. <laughs> she used, which is fine. Yeah. She used the word bury. <sighs> which, is, which, is, which is fine. Like, it was, it, it was good in that moment, but, but to have the owner, the, the pretty much the face of the company, come and pretty much laud and, like, cream over Raw... When you're trying to build up SmackDown, when the r- only reason that SmackDown's going live anyways is because their ratings suck. Yeah. And USA was like, "We're gonna give you this. We're gonna give you this bunch of shit ton of money yep. to have you go live. Yep. Get it together. Yep. And then you're gonna shit on it a week before they have to do something with yep. it. Well, now that I think, the more that I think about it, and the more it kind of sinks things. I literally just finished watching this half an hour ago. Um, I'm thinking it makes sense. For Shane to run SmackDown, it makes sense for Steph to run Raw, and it also makes sense for them to bring in their own GMs. It does, which is very interesting. I like how Vince said, "I want you two to compete. I want you to fight for ratings, fight for fan support, fight for this, fight for that." Break the law, but don't. But get don't get caught. Okay, Vince, <laughs> if you say so. Which means steroids is probably still on the table now. Yeah. Also, I think I think the highlight of this segment. Um, I saw in the background one of the crowd signs is Pokemon Go brought me here. And it was <laughs> and it was Brock Lesnar's face on a Blastoise. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. I have to watch that again. That's phenomenal. <laughs> that is that is that is absolutely phenomenal work. Very topical. Whoever that fan is, kudos to you. Pokemon Go brought me. Honorary King of the Night for that guy yeah, right there. Honorary King of the Night. Honorary King of the Night. Like the 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 ending of overall was great. It actually had great. It was actually good mic work by Vince for the first time in a while. Yeah. Very good mic work by Stephanie. Very good heel mic work by Stephanie. Mm-hmm. You know, and you can actually feel like the the tension, the like the real shoot tension between the family, like that classic sibling rivalry that kind of trends. Has to be some. 
Yeah. No, it has to be. That, like, transcended the screen. And Stephanie was like, oh, you left You left for seven years because daddy didn't give you what you wanted. And and everything. And then Shane's like, I came back because you suck at your job. And so I'm here to, like, make it better. So it was, it was you know, it was all over the screen. It was great. And then... They, then Vince leaves, and then they leave. He leaves Steph, Steph and Shane to like their own devices, and Shane just goes into this whole thing about like you know I'm gonna play this game better than you. And then Steph goes, my only, the only game in this business is my husband, and slaps him. And Shane no sells the slap. Yep. Yeah. Best thing ever. He just eats it, and he's just like, okay, this is like, I'm just gonna kiss you, right? A little, little peck. It was, like, it was like, yeah, you know how many times you've slapped me? I'm immune to this. <laughs> so thank, thank, thanks for thanks for the love tap, for the most yeah. part. When, Go ahead. When, when, um, when Steph was just going off in a little rant, it's like, I'm going to make you cry. I'm going to make you wish you were never born. Yeah. I just want Shane to grab the mic and just go, shut the fuck up, bitch. Like, that's, that's his, I just wanted to shut up, bitch, drop the mic, and that ends raw. That's it. Michael Cole goes, all right, guys, folks, good night, have a good night. <laughs> no, but we got something even better. We got something better. We got, we got Stephanie slapping Shane and her trying to walk off so elegantly, and she almost breaks her ankle going down going down the stairs, stairs. from the ring. And it got caught on, on camera, which is the best botch of the night, yep. surprisingly beating out the Sin Cara and Kalisto botches from earlier on that night, which were... God-awful, actually. I, I didn't notice, because this is... I get into syndrome when I watch Raw. It's called being on my phone. Yeah. Like, I was I was just playing, like, Pokemon on my phone. Well, I mean, that happens. Well, it, here's, yeah. here's, here's what happened with the bots. Like, first, Sinkara tried, like, a springboard freaking moonsault. Springboard stutter? No, not, no, no, no. <laughs> God, no, no. Not a springboard stutter. Sinkara tried, like, a springboard, um, I guess, springboard moonsault, like, while he was running. Oh, yeah. And, like, he jumped too short. And if... If freaking um, Fandango didn't actually, like, adjust, it would have looked really piss poor. And then Kaliso got, like, a hot tag, and he was supposed to come in and do his, like, springboard corkscrew. And he slipped. He slipped on the second rope. Totally lost his footing. Like, it looked really, really bad. Come, come next week with the draft. These guys need to be split up. Kalisto and Sinkar need to get the hell away from each other. You know, because they didn't get a proper push. Like, they didn't, yeah. like it, it's classic, you know, Kevin Dunn booking. They got, um... They got Kalisto and Sinkara were doing great in NXT. They actually look legitimate. They actually look like affordable tag team that can do stuff. They get called up to the main roster, or Sinkara gets called back up to the main roster. <laughs> and and they just botch them. They really just botch them. I think they do need to be split up. I think Kalisto needs to come on his own and be the second coming of Rey Mysterio if Rey Mysterio doesn't get re-signed in this whole draft, you know, yeah. excursion that they're going on. So... We're, we're going to see what happens here. But, ironically, not the worst match of the night that night. No. Breezango did win, which is kind of, they're, they're actually kind of impressive. I like them. Yeah, they're actually kind of impressive. I think the worst match of the night was the, main, was the, was the unofficial main event, which was a women's match, which was Dana Brooke and Sasha. Yeah. Because Dana looks, Dana looks bad. She looks, she looks very bad. We'll get into that later. This, the matches, in general, weren't good. Like they, the, started out, they started out okay, and then they just, like, dwindled down. Like, it was a battle royal. Whatever, battle royals are what they are. <clears throat> but then the, the Owen-Cesaro match, I actually watched that one. It was just, it was just okay. You know what? It's because it's oversaturated now. Like, we, yeah, we've seen it so many times we, they, they, like It's like Owen-Cesaro, um, Miz, yeah. Jericho at yep. this point. Um, 
just fighting for the IC title, and like there's only so many combinations you can do yeah. of that same feud. Let's actually talk about. Let's just let's just skip this one thing and get to D- Darren Young and the IC belt. Um, Darren Young's about to be great again. Yeah, but but first, first they had uh, Apollo Cruz. The only music was Apollo Cruz's. Bring down to the ring, and then halfway through, Miz just buries him and does his mic work, which was great. But why even have Apollo Cruz come out? Like, why not just have him in the ring and have Miz start out anyway? Why was Miz talking over Apollo Cruz's music? I don't, I don't know actually. It was weird. It was very, it was awkward. Because like Raw, you know, Rocky Dolman had his classic like intro and everything like that. You saw the pyro, and all of a sudden lights came on, and there was like twenty people in the ring, and you're just like, what the hell is going on? When you heard Apollo Cruz come out, which was kind of cool, because it was like, oh wow, right, no authority, no yeah. like no twenty minute opening yeah. promo. We're starting off with kind of a match, but like, why is everybody in the ring? And then you, all of a sudden. Out of nowhere, Miz apparently is already out there, and he's like he's on top of the announce table, which was which is an interesting way of saying like, hey, this is the show, this is what's about to happen, without actually telling us what's going to happen, yeah, which it, I thought was cool. It would it would have been really cool on if they started it in the middle of the battle royal. Raw, Raw came on the air in the middle of the battle royal. That would be that would be interesting. They would never we, do it. They have they. I don't know. If they, I can't remember the last time they've done something like that. No. Ever to kick off the show? No, I feel like that's a nitro move. That it probably is a nitro move. Yeah. Um, but Miz's mic work, oh my god, he's excellent. He's always excellent. Excellent. He did I'm awesome. He even said it. Like him on commentary is so, excellent yeah. too. And you know what I'd like to see? I would just love to see a heel announcing team of Miz and Kevin Owens. All day. Oh my god. Miz and Kevin Owens all day. And, um, With Byron Saxon in the middle. Just just for yes, someone just, just for someone to get shit on all the time. Like every now and then Byron starts crying. Yeah, oh my god. But no, Miz Miz's heel work was great. He he referenced John Morrison on yeah, TV. Which is great. Which is first time ever. And then on social media, him and John Morrison were doing a back and forth. So now everybody in like the interwebs and the IWC is thinking that WWE may re sign John Morrison. I doubt it'll happen. I doubt it would, I also doubt it would happen. I don't know if he's still on a contract with Lucha Underground. Who is on the contract with Lucha Underground? They're like they're speaking of like pre-recorded, but like they're 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 pre-recorded. Like they're people who are technically under contract, but they're they're not doing anything because yeah. the season hasn't come out yet. Yeah. So it's it's kind of weird. But from what I know, with this brand extension, like everybody is on the table. Yeah, and, like anybody is fair game unless you like unless you're like Hulk Hogan and you and you fucked up. Yeah. So although Hulk Hogan took down Gawker, Thank which you, yeah, which hey, which, hey, which hey, again. Thanks. The King's Wings podcast is forever in your debt for taking down Gawk Gawker. Thank you, Hulk Hogan. Thank you, Terry. Okay, but Darren Young, I guess he's great again. Um, I guess. When, when, they, when, they, when they mentioned Bob Backlund, I was like, oh, Darren Young's winning. Which, with, with, with the promos being stalled out for this long, it seemed like they didn't know what to do with him. And this is a good venture. This is a good way to introduce him, even if he loses, which he's probably going to. But I kind of hope he wins. I think, I think you know, with... Everything going on in the world, not to be like, you know, a fucking Debbie Downer, but like with all the weird stuff going in the world and the the whole Orlando incident, it would probably be the best thing for WWE in PR, in a PR move, total PR move, to put a title on the first openly gay professional wrestler. I mean, Pat Patterson was gay, but he came out years Years. later. He came out on Legends House. Yeah, he came out on... At the age of, like, 80. Yeah, he came out on Legends House, so, like, to put it on someone who actually came out in his, during, like, the, during, like, I guess the peak of his career, as, as gay and putting it on, on, on him, and one of, like, more, one of the most prestigious titles, the IC title, would, would be a huge PR move, and it'd be, it'd be a great move by them. Yeah. 
And, and Darren Young is still talented. He's been in the company since the goddamn Nexus. When he, That's right. Yeah, he was, he was the Nexus when he when he had the uh, the buckwheat hair. Yes. <laughs> I think he might be the last standing member of the Nexus. Uh, Heath Slater. Ryback's still there. Heath Slater. Oh yeah. 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 But he he dropped out the tires. David Otonga's kind of is pre-show raw. David yeah, Otonga. he's just like back scenes. He's their lawyer. Quote unquote. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> But yeah, I- I'm excited to see what Darren Young does. There's no way he should perform he's going to be world-, world champion ever. But with this brand extension, I like where he's going. I like his potential. I want to see what he has in the rings. I haven't seen him wrestle a one-on-one match in forever. You know, you know, what, I th- you know what I think they did right in that battle royal? They got the final four correct. Yes, they did. They did. They got Corbin, Cruz, Young, and who the hell was the fourth one? Was it Ziggler? It was, it was, it was Ziggs. No, Ziggs was five? Whatever. The top three, Corbin Cruz Young, needed to be there. Yep. Because now you're like, all right, who needs to push more? You know, uh, and, and I thought for his, I thought it was like, you know, Corbin doesn't really need it. Cruz kind of needs to give him death and actually yeah. have him do something. But then you have Bob, you have Bob Backlund helping out Darren Young, yeah. you know, and Bob Backlund is the only reason this gimmick is working. Because yep. if, you watch, if you watched him last night, he is so into this. For no reason. And he's playing it perfectly. <laughs> but Bob Backlund is so into everything for no reason. But and that's, that's what makes it that's, that's why Bob Backlund worked. He's just that crazy old guy. Yeah, no, and it, and it works out perfectly. He's this crazy old guy trying to get this guy, Darren Young, great again for, for no reason whatsoever. Like, Darren Young is actually already a pretty good, legitimate wrestler. He just yeah. never got... The burn. You, you know how the breakups, you know how the eventual potential breakup for Backlund and Darren Young is going to happen? Wow. Bob Backlund's just going to get Alzheimer's and completely forget who he is. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? I'm going with Titus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I mean, best of luck to Darren Young. I wouldn't yeah, for be sure. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised if he beats The Miz. I wouldn't be surprised either. You know, he needs a little. Actually, I mean, it's too, it's too short of a period to give him some type of legitimate build, though. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe maybe this is like a hold off till slams when we do something bigger. It'll be interesting. But yeah. um, we can backtrack to uh, Vince McMahon continuing to run house on the world. Yeah, just, um, just dominance in the sports the, entertainment field. Just sports too. His fa- face of the franchise is hosting the ESPYS. Hosting the ESPYS live. Hosting the ESPYS live, which is like one of the first times I've ever done it, because usually the ESPYS is pre-taped. Really? Yeah. For, I, did not, I did not know that. For for a while, the ESPYS were pre-taped, and then they would show it like a week or so later. Mm. But this year, the ESPYS are live, which has all the potentials for a WWE work in the making somewhere in the show. I can almost guarantee it. Honestly, anything can happen at this point with <laughs> with Vince McMahon is cross promoting. Any way, shape, and form, I could see AJ Styles coming out and giving him the Styles Clash on a stage. <laughs> I think that would be like too much for like ESPN. They'd be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Yeah, no, a no little violence. bit much, a little bit it's, much. It's violence. Yeah, a yeah. little bit much, guys. Um, but I mean, the club and AJ Styles really kind of hinted that something's going to happen at the ESPYS. Yeah. They also played it off well, saying how Cena wasn't there, and then the tweet. And then the announcer said he wasn't there. And then also they, they did they did also an ESPYS little spoof with the whole practice uh, yeah. thing, which was great. Like, I actually didn't. I actually was like, oh wait, Cena's probably not there. That's probably what he's I doing. Was, I was convinced. Yeah, too, I was like, wait, the ESPYS is like a big deal. Like he needs the practice. Yeah, and then the, the club being down Enzo and Cass would be fine. And then all of a sudden, Cena's music hit. And I was just like, oh, oh 
Oh shit, he's here. Cool. That's the only reason he got like a pop because they're beating up Enzo and Cass. Yeah. So exactly. But but the club heel work is phenomenal. AJ Styles is an is an amazing heel. Yes. At this point, his mic work. People shit on his mic work. The past few weeks since he's turned heel. Pardon the pun. Phenomenal. Yeah. No. He is. He is an amazing heel. At this point in his career, I don't think he should ever turn face. No. I think he should turn face as his swan song whenever he leaves the company. Yeah. Just have him turn face real quick. You know, have him, you know, take that last loss or whatever. Yep. Gallows and Anderson, Mike Work has also improved um, as heels. Just the beat up, just the, the, this screaming beat up John Cena. Yeah. and It's, it's perfect. They're trying to make it like a hashtag, I think, too. Like the hashtag beat up John Cena is a great thing. And I wouldn't be surprised... If they make a kind of a, a, a work appearance at the ESPYS for some reason, yeah. I, I doubt because they're they're the pre- even too. like a, a pre-recorded thing. Yeah, maybe I don't like, think they'll actually be there. Yeah, the only the only group I see on besides John Cena actually hosting it from WWE that would actually make it would probably be the New Day because yeah. the New Day are family friendly. They're funny as all hell. They do sports references all the time. Yeah. Anyways, I can definitely see them like LeBron James getting the like. Male athlete of the year in the hearing, like, oh, LeBron James! Literally, don't you dare be sour! <laughs> Literally, yeah. and they sell so much merch. Oh my, yeah, they, they, the only person that Just sells more merch, yeah, <laughs> or me. The only, or you. Yeah, the only person that sells more merch than them is John Cena. It's John Cena. So pretty much the New Day sells the most merch in the yeah. company. It would, and it, it's just a good business move for even ESPN. Yeah. Ever since ESPN got on board with WWE and almost a year ago now. Last year's SummerSlam. Last year's SummerSlam was the first time they did it. It's been a gravy train. Like, they, 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 they covered SummerSlam. They covered the results of SummerSlam on SportsCenter that night, which was wild in and of itself. They have the coach doing his Tuesday, after his Tuesday interviews, which have been ridiculous because some of them are like some of them are shoot, some of them are actually works. Yes, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> some of them are in character. I haven't watched any of them. Some of them are in character. Some of them are in character. Some of them are. You gotta really. you gotta pick and choose who it is and is not in character. Like Kevin Owens needs to be in character. New Day needs to be in character. Brock Lesnar does not need to be no, in character. New Day needs to be a mix. Yeah, they need to be themselves. Like their characters are themselves, but they can't be turned up to eleven. They yeah. need to be a little toned down so they can still be real. Like a seven. Like a seven. Yeah, like a like seven. Like a seven. So, but like ever since that, then they went and they covered, they covered, um, like yeah, they covered WrestleMania, yeah. all day. All week? Oh no, all day too. The day of WrestleMania, they had a new superstar on every hour leading up to the show. I mean, it's been it's been a. It's been a match made in heaven. It's been something that's been a long time coming, but apparently Coach had been lobbying for for years, and they finally greenlit it. Yeah. And now I think they see how awesome it is. And I think this is ESPN's way of being like, hey, you guys did a great job. Let's have John Cena host our biggest yeah. show of the year. Which uh, which is a great pick, because John Cena is very charismatic. Yeah. He still is very charismatic. He's going to do a great job hosting. John Cena's going to do a phenomenal job. I mean, I hate the John Cena character, like most like smarky wrestling fans. No, but like, the hey, man... But the man is amazing. He had like he had the greatest like Fourth of July ad yep. on running the internet. It was the best thing like it was yeah. the best thing all day. And then like and now he's hosting the S. Like he you don't get more American than John Cena. You really don't. It's hard. He does look like the good old American boy. Yeah. And he's fucking huge. He's huge. <laughs> he's massive. He, yeah, he's total like the symbol of America. He's not he, and he's not even the poster child for the Marine. It's the fucking Miz. <laughs> you know. And, yeah, but he was the first one. Yeah, but, but okay. It, it uh, let's speak on uh, we would talk about New Day potential. Um let's talk about that that compound thing. Now they promote this um 
really, really short notice. Short. Well, they said last week they were going to go next week, um, which was this week. Yeah. Um, and they they previewed uh, it a few times on Raw, and then I was like, excited. showed the pictures of like uh, Xavier Woods like in his like his wife beat us looking all skin and all dirty. I was just like. This is gonna be interesting. Yeah, no, it looked it looked so weird. And if anybody watched Final Deletion, sorry, um, and if anybody watched Final Deletion, it was pretty much TNA's Final Deletion, WWE style. But it was like there wasn't as much hype to it, not not as not as much hype as like the Brother Nero thing, you know. And it just ended up being a shit show. But the 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 New Day Wyatt thing was was weird. Like if you're not a wrestling fan. It's weird. It's very weird. Because you don't know what's going on. And I and like even as a wrestling fan, I didn't know what was going on. No, I had no idea. But I was so intrigued by it for some reason. I think it's because it's the first it was well cinem- cinematically it was kind of it was kinda of cool to watch. You know, kind of a clusterfuck like on your eyes, but it was yeah. cool to watch. But also, um with with the whites and everything, it was the first time they kind of gave them something kind of interesting to do it wasn't just them walking out talking cryptically yeah. it wasn't just them like interrupting somebody in a match and fucking them over it was actually being like hey come to our compound which for the first which for the first time since their intro like um promo videos you actually got to see someone on their grounds and they they got into like a legitimate fight they looked brutal mm-hmm. they get it gave the characters death for 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 the first time in a while, and I'm surprised WWE hasn't had like a Wyatt compound like th- gimmick match. No, I'm glad there is no compound match. That would have been stupid. Um, it starts off with like the headlights, and they see the little girl in the sheep's mask, and everyone's like, "Oh, Sister Abigail." No, Sister Abigail's not coming for a while. No, actually, I don't think she's coming ever. Um, but then, like, they pull up. It's this truck light, truck light, truck light, truck light. I'm just like, okay, shit's getting real. Um, <laughs> as a big fan of production, someone who wants to work in production, <coughs> you can tell the people who put this thing together had a lot of fun with it. Yeah, that so being said, it looked like a cheap horror movie. Like looked- a B sci-fi horror movie. But it was good. It looked kind of snuff filmish, actually. Yeah. Like for a while, it thought like someone's gonna get like murdered. It kind of had that like nineteen sixties, nineteen like seventies, like in the bayou, like racial undertone yeah. to it. Like it was, it was kind of awkward in that moment. But like you couldn't stop watching. Yeah, like like the the music and the cuts and Bray Wyatt just walking with an axe, dragging along the ground. Like it, it was. What the fuck is that? It was good. Like it was. It was sorry. It was it's interesting. I know it's a sperm. It was. It's, I was picking its nose. Well, sorry, we're watching Beavis and Butthead with the sound off. Whatever. I'm gonna mark it. Um, <laughs> where was I? Yeah. Talking uh, about sperm. Talking about sperm. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, Braun Strowman like running headfirst through a windshield. Braun Strowman is hulking out with his shirt off. It was just like it was creepy. And in the end. With all of them on, like a bunch of people on the trucks with the masks, and I was just like, "This is really cool." Yeah, and it was it was kind of cool. From what I read about what was going on in the crowd, when that whole thing was going on, they had the lights off in the arena, but everybody had their cell phone lights on the entire time while the while the thing was going, which apparently was kind of cool. But I also liked that finally, Braun Strowman didn't look like a piece of shit. No. He actually looked like a formidable opponent yeah. and somebody that could actually do something. WWE is doing everything they can to make you forget that Braun Strowman used to be part of Adam Rose's Rosebuds, if you look back at it. Yeah, it's, you know, oh my actually, God. Way back when, a long time ago, uh, Christian got in a little Twitter beef with Braun Strowman. Did he really? If you go back and look at it, um, we had a little Twitter war. And then um, 
was like, I know you tweet him, have fun never showing up on the main roster. And then he shows up at text Christian, I'm like, do you know who that is? He's like, yeah, that's the guy who had beef with us like months ago. I was like, no way. Yeah, how'd that work out? He debuted almost a year ago, uh, post pro slam raw. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, that was looked stupid. Yeah. But it wasn't the first time, won't be the last. Um, so a six man tag match has been announced for Battleground with these with these six guys. Um, don't know if it's for the belts. It should be for the actually. It's not supposed. It's not. Gonna it be should the not be for the belts. You know why? Because they they need to give New Day the 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 honor and the respect of having them hold the tag titles for a legitimate year. Yep. They won it last year at SummerSlam. They should at least make it to SummerSlam as the tag champs. I think this is a good feud. I think this is a feud that they can that they can lose. Yep. And not and it won't it won't really won't tarnish them. 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 They're over they're over to the point where they can take a loss and the Wyatts can actually get a sizable win and they can move on to something else bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um Next week is the home show. We'll preview that match coming next week. You can stay tuned for that. There's also I think that's the second six man tag for for um for Battleground. Uh, yes, it is. It's the it's a club um, yep. versus Cena. Which and which is also very smart because they're gonna have that Cena um, AJ match. I think for the new World Heavyweight Title, the SmackDown belt at SummerSlam. Which I sh- I sure as hell hope so. Yeah. That it's probably that's probably gonna be one of the three main events. Yep. You're gonna have the SmackDown World Title. Yep. Um, which I really hope it's not called the SmackDown World Title. No. Um, the main world title. The main, the WWE title. WWE title. And Lesnar Orton. Lesnar Orton and the SmackDown World Title. It should it should be by those three by those three matches alone. A great, a great show. A great show. A great show. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's the one AJ Styles wins because Cena always loses at SummerSlam. He puts people over at SummerSlam except 2008 when it was Dave Batista. Yeah, but uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, but whatever. Um, that's neither here nor there. Fuck. I did not want to say that. Okay. Uh, sorry, Dave. Dave had to come back to this podcast somehow. But anyway, <laughs> we can move on to um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Fight forever. Fight forever, which is fine, but fight forever is fine. Um, copy and paste booking forever? No, 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 no. <laughs> like, I, like I mentioned the pre, like, the pre, our, our own pre-show. Hey, KOTR pre-show. Yeah, right. um, they're literally doing the exact same thing and just trying to mix and match different ways to do it. So Zayn comes out for commentary. Seen it before. Kevin Owens complains. Great heel move. Gets him removed. Sami Zayn's like, all right, I'm a baby face. Fine, I'll go. Whatever. And then <laughs> the and match... then they fight on the way, on like, when yep, they're passing that, to No, the that was good. That was fine. That had to happen. But then the Zayn um, ambush afterwards. It's like, why, this, hap- this has been happening for the past eight months. You know what? I like the Zayn ambush. You know what? I like the Zayn ambush because they kind of played it off really well because you had Kevin Owens being Kevin Owens and totally just shitting on Byron. Like, yeah. he just took Byron's he took Byron's um, headset for no reason and just started screaming. Like, screaming at the top of his yeah. lungs at Byron. All of a sudden, Sami Zayn, like, pretty much jumps, like, from, like, ten feet away, like, yeah. on the Kevin Owens. It almost looked like he missed. Like, <laughs> you, you could see him coming from the sides, like, dude, you jumped early. You missed. <laughs> you missed. But... I mean, this this is gonna be a great match. It's gonna be a show stealer at the pay per view for sure, um, which it should be. Um, it's probably it'll probably go on like match five, which is yeah. usually a show stealer. And it will probably be their last fight because they're gonna be different brands. Hopefully, hopefully or hopefully not. I don't I don't know. Like I I love the fight for everything, but I I can also see that they can let it die for a little bit. But I but I also would love to see them fight at SummerSlam. I think. Their feud is so big that it shouldn't yeah. end. It shouldn't end at Battleground. They deserve the honor at least having them fight in the second biggest event of the year. They didn't let them do it at Mania. Yeah. 
which is okay not for not for them not to do that mania because it was their first mania. Yep. But now it's months later. Everybody loves. I've never seen two people in wrestling. I've never seen fans go wild for two people <laughs> just punching each other. They don't have to. They don't have to do any moves. They literally have. Yeah. They literally just have to square up in the middle of the ring. One holds the other Wait, and just this, this, be, yeah. It just beats the shit it. out of each other. It's all I have to do. Yeah. This this like I I I, 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 I wave with Dave. All I have to do is go like this with their fist. That's all I have to and do. And the place goes absolutely bananas. But here's here's what I really like about this really liked about this segment, and we'll move on. Um, everyone looked good. Owens won the match, which is great. Which is which is perfect. Zayn got the one up, which is perfect. Cesaro got his swing. Yeah. So Cesaro lost the match. So basically, everyone got over yeah. and under. That's true. So they're all on equal playing field, which is a kind of fifty-fifty booking. But these are three guys who, in particular, you don't want to bury. No, not at all. And Cesaro just, has, but Cesaro has no direction moving forward right now. Which sucks. But he's still got a little bit of a rub to do his fucking swing. Cesaro's going. Cesaro's going to benefit so much from this brand split. Yeah. It's going to be absolutely amazing. By the way, did you notice Cesaro's new Titantron music or new Titantron video? No. The new Titantron video. Um, Does he have Mickey James licking his head? No, it's not Mickey James licking <laughs> his head. Actually, um, what it is is that it's uh, it says Cesaro in like red and white, and then you see two hands rip away, and then you see like his face, and it's a bu- it starts doing a bunch of highlights. So it kind of very like simulates um, Cesaro's own like you know tearaway suit gimmick, which is kind of cool. Which I don't know how he has the budget for tearaway suits like he does, but hey, it it works in some sort of weird way because he's. Swiss and speaks like seven languages and is really stupid strong, but he says, "Oh, he he does need direction, in the worst way possible." And this brand split can't come soon enough for him. I say he goes to SmackDown, and he gets protected by Shane, and Shane really helps him out in sure. that. Okay, um, so we can move on. We've kind of muddied through the shit of Raw. Always skipped over it. Who's <coughs> have? But um, the Rollins report. I thought it was cool. I thought it was awesome. I liked the um, the graphics, and then I saw the interview, and I was just like, ah. <laughs> "These are very." But what did you expect? I don't know, but not that. It's very these, something. A segment like this is very hit or miss, and for me personally, they're more likely to miss. I know you loved it, so please, why I, the fuck did you love this? So I much? thought it was an absolute hit because for the longest time they've tried. Well, ever since Rollins came back. They tried to do this, have him as, like, the legitimate, like, heel guy again in an effort to, like, make Reigns look over. And that failed. That absolutely failed. And Reigns got suspended. So now we're just like, you know what? We did the WWE 24 thing on Rollins. They like him. We can make him a heel, but we're going to make him a comedy heel. Like, he, he teeters between comedy and serious. The Rollins Report was comedy, and then when Ambrose yeah. came in, he became a little bit serious. Yeah. But the comedy aspect, you never really saw from Rollins' first heel run as champ because he had to be serious the whole time. But as a, as a comedy guy, he's hysterical. And at the same time, he's... When, we, when he first came back, we all wanted him that huge babyface pop yeah. in that huge babyface run. This is slowly morphing into a babyface. Yeah. He is a face. Yeah, for, for all intents and purposes, he's a face. But he, I, WWE even views him as a face. He's a f- because I mean he's shitting on Roman Reigns, but like he has which, is, which in this day and age is a face. Yeah, move. I know, but that but he's being an aggressive face. He's like an Austin face. Kind he's, of. He's a face that does heelish things. 
okay, I can see that. You know, and I think, like, his... He's like, I, I want to do the Rollins report, which I thought was a long time coming. Yeah. Like, great alliteration for the title. It, it like, it rolls off your tongue. It's absolutely phenomenal. But I thought the his graphics, the way they mashed it together, was absolutely hysterical. I wouldn't mind if they had it again. I wouldn't mind if they had it again either. I loved how when the, uh, the graphic on the Roman Reigns kept changing... Yeah. <laughs> it, went, it went from not a good guy, not a bad guy, the suspended guy, <laughs> which I guess is WWE's way of shitting on him. Yeah. Um, but it, I also find it weird as I was talking on, on, a, on a group on a group thread on Facebook by the Mattman. Hey, Mattman. Hey, Zarian. How you doing? You guys are awesome. Um, Agreed. Yeah. As, as, I was, uh, as I was talking on that, it's really weird to have them really publicize the suspension. It makes it feel, to me at least, as a, as a smarky mark um, that I am, it makes me feel that they don't really consider this a legit suspension. Because everybody else who's gotten suspended, they don't talk about. They're, yeah, they're blacklisted. Yeah, they're, they're blacklisted, they don't talk about, and now they're throwing the curve balling everybody and being like, hey, he's suspended. Guess what? He's suspended. Did you know that our WWE champion almost a month ago got suspended for being a dumbass? Like, it's kind of weird. I mean, I think it's, I think that's for one of two, well, two of two reasons. One, it's a rib. Yeah, it's a definite it's, rib. It's a dig at him saying, hey, don't fucking do this again. And two, it's because he's in a major storyline and they still have to build a feud and sell the pay-per-view with the guy who's suspended yeah. So they have to. It keeps them relevant. It, it, they have to. They don't have a choice. Yeah, they, they don't because the brand the brand extension, as they call it, not a brand split, brand extension, is happening. And when that happens, not all three members of a shield are ever gonna are gonna be on the same show. Yeah. It's it's pretty much impossible at this point. So it keeps it keeps Reigns in the promo without Reigns having to do a promo, which ironically is his best promo work to date. And it gives Rollins the chance and the freedom, it looks like, to actually speak for the IWC. Because he talked about everything in that promo last night that the IWC wanted to hear. Like he called Roman Reigns a cheater, like pretty much called him a piece of shit, and he said there's no way that Roman Reigns should legitimately be in the main event of Battleground. And so when he said that, he got a huge pop because he was right. Which is which is a perfect thing for him to do. It's the best way to get him over. I mean, yeah. say what with the fans and with the company. Say what you want about that babyface pop and sh- run he should have had. I don't know if he'll be a good face. He might just be one of those guy guys who's just a natural heel. He is a natural. It's like Miz is a natural. Yeah, heel. and like I, I don't know if that babyface pop would have worked so much. And here's what I think is going to happen. He isn't necessarily focused on Dean Ambrose as he is unfocused of Roman Reigns not being in the match. So what I think is going to happen, I think is a setting... Do you think Dean escapes with the title from Battleground? Duh. One. Okay. And two, um, we see Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. No. Who does Dean face? I have no idea, but (laughs) that's what I think happens. And I think with that, and then Dean kind of fights someone else... And then you have AJ and Cena as the main event for the SmackDown title because they really want that SmackDown push. And Dean, as a champion who wasn't necessarily supposed to be champion in the company's eyes, kind of gets a CM Punk treatment, a CM Funk treatment, and kind of gets pushed to the wayside of a big main, a big card like this. He's still main event. He's still main event. It's not the main event. It's not the main event. Which is, which is okay. Which is okay. I mean, it's Cena. It's I'm probably wrong, but I can't see them doing a triple threat twice in a row. Which is like we said we're gonna do last year. Lesnar. It's like it's a Lesnar, um, Aunt Rollins 
two matches in a row. We thought Lesnar Rollins was going to main event SummerSlam forever. It didn't happen. Taker came out. So something like that is going to happen, and Ambrose is going to be in a new feud. But what? But like, what's the new feud for Ambrose? It's kind of weird. But speaking of Ambrose, before we talk about like what the hell his new new feud will be, if he even maintains a title, what a phenomenal promo by Dean Ambrose. Oh, oh my, sure. oh my. Well, by Ambrose and Rollins together. Yeah, no, it was probably the it was the best segment of Raw, hands down. You can tell that they've worked together for years. And Ambrose coming out as just this uncontrollable champion who just has all this pent-up rage and doesn't know how to actually, like, say it worked beautifully against Rollins, who's always calm, cool, collected, but still really angry that Ambrose is the champion and not him. All Ambrose had to do was end that promo with, I was in CZW. (laughs) Do you know what that does to a man? C-Z-W. It was a tack match. A match built around thumbtacks. You're saying, I don't deserve this title? Fuck you. Drop the mic and just leave. <laughs> that's, that's all that needed to happen. That's it. And that promo would have been fucking perfect. Well, no, you're completely right. That's the best promo Dean Ambrose has ever cut. And it didn't feel scripted. And if it was, he went off the cuff because fuck it, he's champion. Yeah. But you know what's really you know what's really weird about this battleground thing? They're treating battleground as a as a SummerSlam build. It is. A lot of these matches are SummerSlam. Like I'm looking at this like Cena Cena Rollins isn't isn't not a Cena Rollins. Sorry, Ambrose Rollins is a SummerSlam match that we're that they're giving away on free TV next week. On, yeah. on free TV, mm-hmm. the Shield Triple Threat was supposed to be the SummerSlam match. Yep. You, that they're that they're giving away a battleground. I mean, I'm all for. I mean, they're trying to legitimize battleground, but I can also do. I can also be okay with like having battleground never exist and just having the month of July off to build the SummerSlam. Like, like I'm very okay with j- that. Just like February should be a month off to build up to Mania. Exactly. It I, honestly, I think you're right. Um, but you remember, Money for the Marks was built as mini WrestleMania, like WrestleMania quality, which yeah. the matches were. WrestleMania quality, yeah. So I don't think necessarily trying to legitimize Battleground. I think they're more trying to just have WrestleMania matches because they can. Like, why not? That's true. The roster's <laughs> loaded at this point. The roster's loaded. 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 And you have um, this network. You can do literally anything. And the roster's going to get even more loaded because they're just going out and just taking people. They are literally just, they're pretty much like, they're, they're actually pulling a WCW move. Yeah. They're opening up a checkbook and says, who wants to come? Name your price. Yeah, because much. we need heads. Yeah. Come, come one, come all. Which I think is also probably we're going to see a lot of people from the CWC be signed yeah. we're gonna secretly. Talk, we're going to talk about that in one second. Um, the main, I think another reason why um, they could do these big matches, they had, when they want to save matches, save a big match, what happened in the past year? They all got fucking injured. Yeah. And they couldn't do it. So they're saying, you know what? We have the match. Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> we're doing it right now before one of these fuckers gets injured again. So that's basically what's happening. But two to CWC, it starts tomorrow. Yes, um, fucking finally. Yeah, that, this thing has been, like, was announced, like, probably, like, six months ago. Uh, give or take. It was before WrestleMania. So and, yeah. like, maybe, like, this, so the winner, past winner, they announced it, and everyone was like, okay, this is cool. 16 different countries. A lot of people, Daniel Bryan hasn't even heard of. 
Yeah. Which is what mentioned they mentioned in Bracketology, which was very good. That Bracketology thing, I might have to watch it again. It was pretty cool. It was cool because it gave people like me, who yeah. doesn't follow every small... I don't follow CZW. Yeah. Uh, so, it takes... Like, because it's, it's time-consuming. Yeah. So it gave you a background to these characters. Yeah. So it's not just a tournament for a tournament's sake. It's just telling a story through this tournament. Yeah, no, I think I think it's cool. I think it's going to be really interesting. And I really think that some of the people that are talking about from all these different... Um, these different indie promotions and these smaller promotions, I really think WWE has signed these guys like to some some of them some of them, some of them. To, sure. to some to some pretty major deals, and they're getting they're either going to NXT to get learned with WWE style, or they're getting shot up to one of the main rosters sooner or later after C, after CWC is over. Like you, you this tournament really could be like behind what it actually is. Like it's the, the, the hidden meaning, it's recruiting, but it's also giving. Um, instead of just bringing these new guys in and debuting them in NXT, not knowing who they are, yeah. it's giving the fans a taste of who they are. Yeah. It's giving these guys who, in a small, some of them between a few hundred people, um, a chance to be on a WWE stage with that kind of people, and then go to giving them use to WWE style as well. Then they go to NXT, and people know who they are and like a little use to the style. And also, it helps out the indie scene too because now, yeah. we, now these guys can be like, "Hey, guess what? I was on WWE programming. I know how to perform in front of a raucous live crowd." Yeah. And it also gives them experience with camera angles that a lot of these yeah. guys at indie scenes <coughs> don't have don't have a clue what to do. And like when Finn Balor first came, Fox. when Finn sorry, when Finn Balor first came to um, oh uh, to NXT. Finn Balor had no idea about camera angles yeah. or how to do an entrance, and Triple H had to teach him from scratch how to do an entrance. And like when Triple H was teaching him how to do an entrance, Finn Balor was like, "Yo, give me a second. And Triple H is like, "Are you alright?" He's like, "It's like I am. It's just no one's ever told me how to do this before." Yeah. So it's it's one of those things that they get they get all of this experience, they get to learn the stuff, and you get to learn about all these guys. It's it's pretty much it's the it's the professional wrestling Olympics. A month before the Olympics happen, yeah, which is which is a great thing. I'm really excited to see some people. I'm really excited to see Zack Saber Jr. If you haven't seen Zack Saber Jr., I haven't seen him. He's well. probably one of the top ten all around best wrestlers in the world. See, I've never heard. I, I heard the name Saber's unreal, but I didn't know who the fuck he was. I didn't even know he was from England. Saber, it's Saber's from England. Will Osprey, who they couldn't sign because he just signed with New Japan, mm -hmm. is from England. And there's a there's another guy who they didn't sign. Are like the top three British wrestlers, but they can they can pretty much perform anywhere in the yeah. world, and they're they are great. So who's your pick? Who's winning it all? I'm gonna say it's either I I feel it's gonna be Saber, because if you look back at Bracketology, they really they talk about Saber a, a lot. lot. Was he on? Was he live on on the on the set too? Like, he, I don't know if he was, was live he on the, the set. Guy, was he the orphan, the guy whose mom died and his dad died or whatever? I don't remember. I have to I have to watch the yeah. bracketology thing yet. But I think it's gonna be Saber, because I think they signed Saber and they haven't told anybody yet. Mm. I think it's gonna be Saber, um, or I think it's going to be an NXT ish person that they've kind of had but they didn't really like showcase. Like for instance, like Rich Swan could pull one out of his ass no. and win it. <laughs> Although I like Rich Swan if you've ever seen him wrestle. Rich Swan's yeah. Rich Swan's great. He's short as all hell, but like he's 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 really cool to watch. But my my best bet would probably be Saber. They talk about Saber too much for him like not to win the whole thing. But I could be surprised. A lot of these guys in the field I haven't seen. Yeah. I've never heard of before. Yeah. So it it's gonna be an interesting dynamic. The two Indian twins or whoever that, they're uh, weird. Uh, they're, they are weird. They're weird. Um, they're, def they're, like, they're cool because they're like they're Indian and they're like really like pro Indian. Yeah. But like 
it's just it's the different. Bollywood boys. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's I, so indie. Yeah, it's very <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very indie. But you know, it's kind of cool because they're just like, hey, we were we were we always were taught to be ourselves, and now we're being ourselves, yeah. and we're showcasing ourselves and our culture to the rest of the world, which I which I have to respect. The most uh, interesting first round match is Champa and Gargano, which is I'm very surprised that these is a. I know, but I didn't. I thought like a match like this could have happened like second or third round, not first round. Yeah, I mean, because gotta... both of these guys deserve at least a win. They do, but then you also don't want to. Sh- if you split them up in somewhere in the brackets, then you don't give them really. I mean, you don't give anybody else who's not who's a non WWE guy a chance. You kind of make it look like the WWE is just setting up all of their guys mm-hmm. to be in like the final four. Yeah. So you kind of give them this like, hey, we're not showing favoritism to our own guys. Even though we probably signed half of the people yeah. on the on the thing, yeah, but, that's, that's actually a pretty good you know, point. And Gargano and Ciampa still do indie stuff too, so they're not really mm. like they're like still they're like kind of tweening between officially WWE and like indie stuff. They're so good. They are. Good. They're amazing. They are good. Okay, I think um, my pick to win um, has to be Ibushi. Really? Yeah, that's my pick. Ibushi's, Ibushi's dope. Because WWE has been loving uh, specifically Asian uh, talents and rating. Asian talent as much as yeah, possible. Yeah, and they've just been they've been into fo- they want foreign stars because they're world wrestling entertainment. It's exactly. about time they actually did world stuff. Yeah, they want because it's something they they haven't seen in a while. They just want foreign stars. And Abushi was the guest at Takeover Dallas. Maybe was he? Because we know in, in all the takeovers they have somebody really yeah. really random show. But like, hey, guess who the next signee is? Once it was Rude was the last was Takeover VN. Well, he kind of showed up in like a backstage promo. Um, Abushi was Dallas. Yep. Um, Ka- yeah, Kana. Kana, a.k.a. Asuka, was Brooklyn. You know, so there's always some. Braun yeah. Strowman was one of them once. So there's, yeah. So, <laughs> so it, he was. So Apollo Crews was one. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, the, Ibushi could be the, the favorite just because they've already favored him in all the, you know, previous shows. So. Okay, well, speaking of NXT and potentially he's going to NXT. This Wednesday, the match we thought we were going to see at Brooklyn. At Takeover, yeah. At Brooklyn. Um, which, Balor, means, which means one thing. Well, we'll get into the whole Balor thing because we, we got a lot to talk yeah. about with Finn. Uh, Balor Nakamura, this match is this Wednesday. Have you read spoilers? I have not read spoilers. Good. I, I would fucking spoilers. slap you in your no. sexual chocolate face. <laughs> no, I have not read spoilers at all. It's really interesting that this is happening this Wednesday. This tomorrow, like when, when whenever you guys listen to this, but Wednesday, July thirteenth, will go down in WWE history as one of the best days they've ever done. They have John Cena, the franchise, hosting the biggest sports, the biggest sports broadcasting company's award show on national TV live, counter programming to NXT with potentially. The all-around match of the year with Nakamura versus Balor. Afterwards, you have the beginning of the Cruiserweight Classic. That's a lot of WWE for a lot for a lot of us to handle. Like I'm gonna have to ha- I'm gonna have to be streaming the network on my computer and that's then all, all and then watching the ESPYS on TV. That's literally all that is happening in a few hours. Yeah. Oh God. It's a lot. It's a well. Get, get ready because there's gonna be there's even rumors out there that SmackDown's going to three hours. Well, all right, I, that's fine. You know, no, I, that's no, no, not fine. No, no, okay, no, 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 that's that's three hours on Monday, 
three hours on Tuesday, NXT on Wednesday. And the CWC for another hour. I know, that's that's seven hours of eight. wrestling. Eight. For, the, for looking forward, eight potential eight hours of wrestling in three days. That's a lot of wrestling. That's too much we'll wrestling. Have Probably, <laughs> and then and then that being said, I still watch. I watch old uh, Lucha Undergrounds. That's I watch true. the network. I watch old WCW, old WWE. Ring of Honor. Uh, Ring of Honor is out there if people want to watch. You can watch New Japan. They stream it. They stream it live on their own on the website. Yeah, unfortunately, TNA still exists. There's like <laughs> there's over 24 hours of wrestling combined in the like on watchable TV a week in a five day period. Yeah, not even. A and week. then on a pay-per-view, it's fucking more. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I like that SmackDown is going three hours because if you're going to legitimize SmackDown, you have to make it even with Raw. Yeah, exactly. I know Vince was like, "Er, you know, the 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 cornerstone of a WWE Raw," but if you're gonna make SmackDown something big, you have to yeah, have it on it. the you have to match it and you have to be on the same level. Which also leads me to the one thing that I that I might have heard. As the rumored SmackDown GM. Let me hear it. Yes, yes, yes. That's all I'm gonna tell you. Yeah, that that would be perfect. You have the internet darling running the internet darling show. Being run by the internet darling of the McMahons. They just gotta call it the Indies. This the internet show instead of <laughs> SmackDown. It's just, it's gonna be the show for Marks, which is basic. it's basically what the original brand split was. Yeah. It was the invasion angle done right with people, with new people. It's because Benoit was your champion, Guerrero was your champion. SmackDown 6. Yeah, SmackDown became cool because it was everything the fucking internet wanted. And it was run by Paul Heyman. And it was run by Paul Heyman. Yeah. Except this time it's just new, it's just indie guys, uh, foreign stars, Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan. Exactly. Which is, I think, would be absolutely perfect. And Raw, you have a, a heel general manager. Which is fine. Which is probably going to be Triple H. That's true. Oh. 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 A, a sneaky way to bring back the authority. A sneaky. But only Who but only give them power on Raw, which makes, which make, which makes it great. Because then you can have the authority versus Shane. As like a Survivor Series yeah. style matchup. Like, who else? Who else is Stephanie McMahon gonna pick other than her husband? She slapped Shane before mentioning her husband. They mentioned the word "gate." Take a shot every time they say "game" in that last promo. Yeah. It's Triple H and Daniel Bryan are your GMs. I don't think you know what. I don't think it'll be Triple H. I think I think Stephanie's gonna pull a curve. I think you bring back Paul Riss. I, I think I. Th oh please. Someone she despises on uh, even on TV in real life and in kayfabe she despises him. It's it, I I can see it be Paul. It's got to be like a heel a heel G a heel commissioner. God, that sounds fucking weird. A heel commissioner needs a heel GM. The only all right you can either yeah, have exactly you can either all right so you so you Triple Paul H, man. you can Triple H but Triple H is kind of like he does whatever he wants. And Triple H still has that NXT. Triple H is kind of like the NXT commissioner for all intents purposes, yeah. you know, um, with with a GM being being regal. But whatever heel GMs that GMs that you really have, you can have Paul, you can have Bischoff. Vicky Guerrero, or you can have Bischoff. And Bischoff's not not leaving his ranch. True, but um, although Bischoff, if Bischoff came back, he's, holy shit, he's been doing he is he just he's been doing Austin's podcast. Yeah. Um. He has a DVD coming out. 
That's true, because then they promoted on the He's on the slowly... Shut up, Facebook. He's slowly coming back into the WWE picture. It's going to be him or Triple H, in my opinion. I like Bischoff. I like a bitch because it gets, it gets it's a little kickback to the last brand extension, and it's a little kickback to um to that kind of weird tension that they had when they were when they were GMs of, of the different shows at the time. But now they have to kind of like work together. Put it this way, um, no, that can't happen. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, I, I was actually thinking, not Daniel Bryan. Ugh, I can't be Daniel Bryan because he's retired. I was thinking. The GMs could be, like, not wrestlers, but people who can wrestle. Because McMahon wants competition. He wants blood. He wants cheating. You have your GMs fight each other. Well, GMs, well Daniel Bryan can wrestle. That's what, what I mean. Yeah. But if it wasn't Daniel Bryan, that would be a perfect storyline. Yeah. You have, like, your GM be, like, fucking Brock Lesnar. Not, obviously, not talking to be Brock Lesnar, but have it be, like, The Rock or something like that. Yeah. And what if... Wait, all right. Speaking of GMs, what if Steph... Pick somebody who she knows she can control and who's kind of just a virtual yes man, anyways, which would be which would make a great storyline, and it'd also give this person who can wrestle. Brad Maddox. Ch- no, not Brad Maddox. No, no, no. I'm talking about even a guy who plays a great yes man and a hysterical yes man, which would be a great play off of Stephanie's like super serious heel. Bring back Kurt Angle as the GM of Raw. Kurt is kind of like that uppity like. Like, weird comedy guy. Like, someone that Kurt, Steph... I mean, Kurt will listen to Steph, but then Kurt will do, like, these weird shit, and Steph will always have to keep him in line and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Or whatever. It'll kind of be, like, a cool kind of, like, play on I, things. If, if Daniel Bryan didn't want to do it, I could see Kurt Angle running SmackDown. That too. And then him fighting Triple H. I like that. There was that weird thing when Kurt did have a, uh, a thing for Steph for a while. Remember that? Remember that segment? Remember that? No, no I that's didn't the, watch back then. that storyline was kind of weird. Um, Kurt had this like secret obsession with Stephanie, and he ended up like she was passed out, or he went to help her when she got knocked out from a match, and he carried her back to like the uh, the backstage area. And he like she was passed out, and he like made out with her when she was like Kurt Angle. Yeah, when he was like half asleep. Stephanie's made out with like a lot of people that yeah. that weren't her husband on <laughs> on TV. Um, by the way, which is kind of weird, but. Yet we all digress. Balor Nakamura going to be match of the year. It might beat out Nakamura Zane. I think it will beat out Nakamura Zane. It's going to be crazy. And I think they're doing this because Balor's coming around draft time. Yeah, tell tell your Balor story. All right, so geez, what was it? It was the it was July it was July fourth weekend, so like July second, July third. I was in Jersey. I was in like Hoboken, New York City area. I was out with my friend. Um, who works for MLB Instant Me- Instant Media? Who are the people who run the WWE Network? Um, they were they were doing a little get together like after work and stuff uh, at the Standard Highline Beer Garden, which is a classic like German beer garden, German beer, you know, freaking boots everywhere, yada yada the whole nine. So I'm having a good time, just like BSing. I have a backpack because I was in Hoboken like the entire weekend, so I look like a European backpacker for some reason. Like I just look really just like out of place. I don't feel like I fit in. So I'm just chatting with all these guys who work for MLB, and all of a sudden, I see this guy in all black and, like, this kind of, like, derbyish hat, like, walk by and go to get, like, a beer, and I just look him up and down, and, like, and I say to myself, holy shit, I think that's Finn Balor. Fergal. Yeah, Fergal McDevitt. Fergal! (laughs) Fergal McDevitt, and I'm I'm just, like, I'm looking at it, and I'm just, like, that can't be Finn Balor, you know, because... 
Finn Balor's a WWE superstar. Finn Balor tours all the time. What the fuck is Finn Balor doing in New York City uh, the night before Independence Day? Dr- like, in the standard beer garden doing nothing. So, like, I, I tricked myself. Like, that can't be him. It Like, it totally can't be him. And then I started, like, really thinking about it. And I thought to myself, like, wait a minute. Finn Balor is not identifiable in any way, shape, or form if he's not in his face paint. Finn Balor, no, seriously. He looks like a normal guy. Finn Balor looks like a normal guy. He can totally, like, go incognito if you, like, if he really wanted to. So I had this back and forth with my friend Sam, and I was like, yo, I think that's Finn Balor. He's like, yo, you got to ask. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I really want to ask. I don't want to be that dick to be like, yo, are you Finn Balor? And the guy's like, no, I'm not Finn Balor. I get that all the time. It's all good. And then I, and then I look like an asshole. And so, like, we, came, we did this, like, badgering back and forth for a while, like, ask him, ask him, ask him. I finally got, like, the gall to do it, me and this other kid. Um who was a big WWE fan, because, you know, Marks just find each other when they're out. Um, so we're going back and forth. We walk right past. And by the way, Finn Balor's with five girls. <laughs> no dudes whatsoever. Just five fly-ass chicks having a good time. So I walk by him. I tap him on the shoulder. He looks up at me and, like, like no homo. He, like, I kind of looked at him and, like, eye to eye. And in my, and yeah, number one. Oh, <laughs> and, but number two, once I saw, like, once I saw his eyes, I was like, oh, that's fucking him. And I was like, and I was being real. I was like, excuse me, sir, are you Finn Balor? And, like, in the calmest, most Emily possible. You should ask me if he was Fertile Devitt. No, I'm not going to do that. That's, that's thick. Um, <laughs> but um, it was Prince McDevitt. It was, they had to put the mic in there. Um, but I asked him, I was like, yo, are you Finn Balor? And he just looks up in the zen-like piece and is like, yeah, I'm Finn Balor. How you doing? And I was kind of just like, oh, my God, hi. <laughs> and this, the other guy that was with us, like, shook his hand. He was like, you're the reason I, you know, still watch WWE oh, he now. He, he marked oh, out. No, he marked out. I didn't mark out. No, I didn't mark no, out. You can't go, oh, my God, you're my inspiration. You can't. You can't. <laughs> You can't suck his dick. When you meet famous people, rule number one, don't suck their dick. I met AJ Styles. I marked out in my head. There was this other guy. I went up to him. You're mad with Christopher Dead. And AJ was like, yeah, dude, whatever. AJ Styles was like, dude, get the fuck away from me. You don't suck his dick. (sighs) But it was really cool because Finn Balor was like, you know, because he could have had, like, ages stuff, but he, he didn't. He was, like, just really chill about it or whatever. He was talking, and, like, he was really nice. He was like, thank you for all your support, blah, blah, blah. We went to, like, shake his hand, and he was like, no, no, don't shake my hand. And he gave the two sweet side. No! Yes, he did. No! Yes, he did. He gave the two sweet side, not even a handshake. And I was just like, you have got to be kidding me right now. <laughs> this is unreal. And then, like, I forgot who asked it, but we were like, hey, we don't mean, like, could we bother you for a picture? And he's like, yeah, sure, no problem. One of his, like, five fine-ass bitches was like, I'll take the picture for you. So, like, I'm getting out my camera. You can ca- have a picture with them, too. Like, yeah. you know, like, excuse me, Finn, can I have a picture with the women you bought? Like, bro, help me out here. Yeah, no, it was pretty crazy. So, like, I went to get my cell phone, and and I pulled up my phone, and then, like, I totally had a mind fuck, and I forgot where my camera app was <laughs> on my touchscreen. Like, I started marking out, like, out of nowhere, and I was just like, fuck, where's the camera? Wait, wait, camera, camera, found it, found it, found it. And then I got my own picture, given, like, the two-sweet sign with Balor. Oh, my God, phenomenal. And I tried, I tried my best to trick him, to telling me what was happening next. So I, told, so I was like, thanks, Balor. I'm going to be at the Brooklyn shows. I'll see you next month in Brooklyn. He goes, I'll be at one of those shows. 
And I looked at him, I go, where? <laughs> Which one? <laughs> and he didn't tell me. He kept kayfabe. Which is good for you. They're teaching you well. But it leads me to believe that Balor, this is Balor's swan song to um to his NXT career as the second yeah. icon of NXT. as the, yeah, the second icon of NXT. So this is the, I think this is Balor's swan song. Balor's Balor's a secret draft pick. And I th- and I think that's why um this match isn't happening at Brooklyn. They couldn't wait. They shot themselves in the foot and, the and put. Not they they it did fuck it up because they put it um before SummerSlam. They put it after SummerSlam. You would see um. You'd see a whole bunch of shit happen. At you would you would see Balor at. Here's the thing. It's a, it's it's because Balor is not is fighting Nakamura now because the brand extension is next week. Yeah. He's debuting next week. Yeah. And it, and you're not gonna have him debut and then go back to NXT for Brooklyn. Yeah, no, you can't do that. So that's why it's happening now. Yeah. Which so, is which is fine. We're probably gonna see fucking Samoa Joe Nakamura. What, what's oh oh, oh, oh fuck oh, oh, fuck oh, us, oh. man. Sorry. <laughs> I honestly, I'm a I'm not a bigger fan. I'm more familiar. I've watched Samoa Joe longer, so I'm, I'm like Here. a bigger fan. I'm more excited to see Samoa Joe than I am to see Finn Balor. Actually, I mean, I've seen Finn. Finn's Finn's fucking phenomenal. Finn's unreal. Does Finn get a SummerSlam match? No, you don't. You you think they will jump? You think they would jump Finn into the main event scene that quickly? It won't be the main event. AJ Cena is going to be the main event. It's a co-main event. I know, but I mean, it's not going to go on last. All right, that's fine. Because then you can debut. You can debut Demon Balor. Because if Balor gets drafted and he gets drafted with Ambrose, which is probably presumably to Raw. Which is fine, because Balor's whole thing is like red and all that stuff. And you kind of want to separate him from the club for right now. You kind of want to separate him from the club yeah. for right now until Nakamura comes up, and then they do some kind of weird clubbish thing. Um, Nakamura's not coming up for, to fight to a Rumble. Yeah, which is fine. Which is fine. Which is fine. He needs to carry the NXT torts, because Samoa Joe's going to be leaving. So look at, more let's, than likely. let's look at this from my eyes. Potential SummerSlam card. We have New Day with the Wyatts. That's a battleground. I don't think the New Day faces the Wyatt. No, at SummerSlam. At SummerSlam, it's, yeah. No, because so, the battleground. I don't think it's for the belts. It's not for the belts. It's, it's so you get, so you're gonna see, um, like Wyatt and Strowman for the belts. Maybe. That's what to me. It's what makes most sense. You have that. Okay. Owens, Z- Zane, the final time. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> you ha- for real though. You Sasha ha- Charlotte. Hopefully Sasha. Sasha Charlotte. Sasha Charlotte. Hopefully Sasha Charlotte because they might blow this at battleground, which I fucking don't Maybe. want them to do. So it's gonna be those three. Uh, you're looking at Cena AJ for the belts. Yes. You're looking yes, at Triple yes. H Kurt Angle, <laughs> right? You're looking at Ambrose Balor and and fucking uh, Reigns and Rollins. And, and it's a four-hour show. That's seven matches. Lord and Lesnar. Lord and Lesnar. That's eight matches for a four-hour show, which is another half mania. Half-hour match. Half-hour matches. Perfect. See, that's an eight-man clusterfuck. But they're all singles matches, which is a problem. Like other than the one tag, seven, other than one tag team, which they don't usually do, but that is an amazing card, top to bottom. Yeah, oh my god, it's it's a it's a sick card. I, you don't even have celebrity appearances added into that yet. Even Finn Finn Balor could get drafted and then like do a run in at fucking Battleground, and he's your le- he's your Undertaker from last year. Which is fine if he comes out as Demon. If he comes out as Demon and he's facing Ambrose. Yeah. There you go. There you and because I'm telling you, they're building towards. Um, Reigns and Rollins, because that's just, that's the story they haven't told yet. That's true. 
And they're also if you if you bring out this whole demon thing, you give the Undertaker something to fight for at Mania thirty three, which is probably not going to happen because the rumor mill early says the the final the actual match of Cena Taker at Mania thirty three. Is the idea, which is okay, which is fine, which is fine. I'm I'm okay. I've wanted to see Cena fight the Undertaker since the streak was intact ever since fucking WrestleMania 25. Yeah. I was just waiting every year. It's gonna be Cena because I always thought Cena was gonna break the streak and retire Undertaker. Oh my god, what heat would he? The heat that he would get. Yeah, that'd be awful. But <laughs> I was thinking for a career like Undertaker's, and you want him to go down to. Who's you want to go down to? Cena makes sense. He's the franchise. Yeah. You know, but I mean, Lesnar capitalized the most out of beating that whole, out, out of beating the Taker streak. Like he, like he just, he went on a tear. He went on a tear, and he's the star he is today because he beat the Taker streak, hands down. Before that, he debuted losing to Cena, right? He oh. beat up uh, Lesnar when he came back in 2012. Oh yeah, that's right. he lost to Cena. Yeah. Uh, he beat up Punk. He beat up Triple H. Lost to Triple H. Lost to Triple H was. A- uh, and then he basically he was like three and four, um, yeah. going into his match with Taker. Yeah. And then after, like, if you me- if you think about it, they don't mention Brock Lesnar pre Undertaker. They just don't mention because they fucked up his booking. Yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> it was horrible. They. And he lost to Triple H at Mania. That which was a dumb match. fucking move. Yeah. Which was a dumb fucking move because like Triple H wanted to keep his contract. Yeah. Um, or whatever. It was it was a dumb fucking move. But then he. He beats Taker in more of a greatly run match by Brock Lesnar than most people, than like the average fan will will like remember, because if you think about it, Taker was unconscious. Yeah. Taker was on, Taker was pretty much had a concussion, and Brock Lesnar had to call a high profile WrestleMania match by himself for like twenty minutes, and he did a great job. For for all things considered, all things considered. He did a good job doing it, and he won. They had the reaction that everybody wanted. Yeah. It kind of superseded everything else that happened at Mania, which kind of sucked for Daniel Bryan in the long run. But they ran with it. Yeah. He beat Taker. He talked about beating Taker. And then he beat the ever-loving shit out of John Cena at SummerSlam. Think about, like, his two matches in a row. He decimated The Undertaker. And he squash matched the main event of SummerSlam. And then he bitch slapped John Cena. Yeah. Two matches in a row. And then he had a good match with Cena the following month at Night of Champions. Yeah. He had a very good match. He had a very good match with Cena at Night of Champions. He came, he went until the next WrestleMania as champion. Yeah. He made Reigns look legitimate. Yep. Every single match Brock Lesnar has had since being able to take a streak has been amazing. The triple threat. Winner, the winner triple or lose at, at Royal Rumble. The triple threat at the Royal yeah. Rumble was unreal. He kayfabed the broken rib and looked like a monster. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh my god, fucking Brock Lesnar. And then he just fucking went in the UFC and now he's fighting Randy Orton. Yeah, this is this is a this is a great week to be a WWE fan. This is a crazy time to be a wrestling fan. There's so much Like I watch the network as pretty much every other day at this point because of like I'm busy and working shit. But wrest I I've never been more of a wrestling fan than I have been in this past, like, six months. You know what it is? And, it, and wrestling's becoming popular again. People it who is. are... Pe- like, I talk to some of my friends who aren't wrestling fans. They're like, yo, I see you're doing wrestling stuff. I feel like wrestling's getting big again. Because 
wrestling's getting big again. Wrestling's getting, <laughs> wrestling's getting very big again. Yeah, wrestling's getting big. It's becoming the cultural phenomenon again that it was in the late 90s. It's having a renaissance. This is this is the age of the wrestling renaissance. You know, with WrestleMania doing, quote-unquote, 101,000 people, it just it shot up from there. The media coverage is insane. Their PR is phenomenal. And their booking got better. And their booking, their booking got so much better. Their booking got so much Because they have the room to do it now. Yeah. They have so much room to do a lot of scene Because they can sign people now. And they, they can, Vince can literally destroy the independent scene like he did when he took over the company. Again. Which, which is kind of what he's doing. But at this point, people are such fans. The indie scene would just create new stars. Yeah. Every time they bring them in, the indie scene has some way. It's the internet, dude. Some, the internet has some way of making new stars. Vince McMahon doesn't make stars anymore. No. The internet makes stars, then he buys them. He's, buys the, them. he's the New York Yankees. Pretty much. There's nothing wrong with buying your players. No. That's the way, it's, that's the, way the system's supposed to work. Look at Kevin Durant. Yeah, hey, hey. That's all right. <laughs> they, can create the, they can create the super friends there, the Justice League. The Justice League. <laughs> all right. Oh, fuck. Dude, we kind of went off a tangent, but damn. It was a good tangent. That was a very good... I gotta listen. I don't even think I remember half what I said, so I have to kind of listen back to yeah. my SummerSlam prediction, because that is a fucking ridiculous card. I had We had a one of the highest rated episodes. I'm predicting WrestleMania. Well, fuck it. The sequel. I'm predicting SummerSlam. There we go. Episode title. Moving on. Best of the rest. Because we were pushing pushing an hour and a half. You know what? It was like an hour. We were at an hour and five minutes, and I noticed we were just finishing up Battle Nakamura. I was like, fuck it. We just got to go off. Like, <laughs> I got I to gotta push this to an hour and a half. Best of the rest, as in wrestling, that's whatever. It's with a W, as in wrestling. Um, this week, since um, the GM's commissioners got, uh, commissioners got announced, and the GM's going to be announced next week as Bear Marjorie is getting a brand on the ass, which is always hysterical. Um, favorite GM? There's been a lot of good ones. There has been a lot of good ones. There's been a lot of bad ones. There's been a lot of shitty ones. There's been a lot of memorable ones. That's true. And there's been a lot of forgettable ones. <laughs> yes. Hence why I'm not going to mention them, because I can't remember who they are. Um, so some of the good, some of the bad. Like, you got to say Bischoff. You got to say Heyman. You have to say Steph. You have to say Shane. You have to say Vicky. You have to say everyone else. Like, I, there's very few terrible GMs, other than, like, Slaughter, Michaels. Brad Maddox. Brad Maddox. Well, Michaels and Slaughter were commissioners. But still, that still counts. Okay. And then, um... Lauren Adam Lee. Lord Nias has moments, so please, I'm interested to see who your best of the rest is. God, my favorite GM. Jesus Christ. Oh, God. I, like, I really, like, I can't call him a GM, so he's not going to be my favorite, but, like, honorable mention has to go to Foley. Foley was a phenomenal commissioner who, in this day and age, would have been GM. Mm. Like, he played that comedy commissioner role. Too short, too. Huh? Yeah. Six months. Yeah, it was. I mean, because he he didn't like he was just out of it. I guess at that moment, another honorable mention goes the the Regal Tajiri run as well. Right. Was yeah, really cool. Yeah, no, Regal Tajiri was was great because it was Regal being like this British uppity person, like he always is, and Tajiri just never speaking. He he was just like the silent Asian, which is how like WWE treats most of our Asians in the past. Um, they just don't speak. But my favorite GM has to go with. The greatest douchebag in all of wrestling history, next to Vince Russo, Eric Bischoff. Eric Bischoff was a phenomenal GM. The way that they shocked the wrestling world when Vince came out and announced it mm. was was great. And then they just played off of that. Like and the hug. 
Yeah, the hug. The hug. The hug. They both loved it. They, yeah. they were both just like, we got him! <laughs> like, like, they were secretly in cahoots for the past, like, eight years. Yeah, no, it was, it was one of the, it was one of the craziest moments in wrestling history. Yeah. But it was also because Bishop. You know, actually, I gotta make, a, yeah. I gotta make, a, I gotta make a, um, uh, uh, I guess an apology. Um, they built that moment as, like, one of the biggest wrestling moments, and I never knew Bischoff was head of WCW. Yeah. I had no idea. He was the executive until, director. Until, yeah. no, I, I, honestly, I know that now, but I had no idea until very recently. You would watch Monday Night Wars again? It wasn't necessarily Monday Night I started watching, actually, WCW, and then Bischoff was, like, the commentator. Yeah. So it's, like, when the network came out in, like, 20, 2013 yeah. or 14. So that's when I was like, oh, oh, yeah. that's why that moment was so big. I was yeah. like, these two wanted each other dead. Yeah, freaking Bishop. Yeah. Bishop went on Nitro Live and was like, I challenged Vince McMahon to a real life fight. I know. <laughs> and Vince, Vince almost went there. Yeah. So Bischoff is the right choice. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't pick him, I was going to say he is the best general manager ever because, in essence, he created the Vince McMahon character. Yeah. He was the first Vince McMahon. heel authority. Yeah. And now all WWE really does 80% of the time is heel authority. Well, the cool thing about Bischoff was that, like, he didn't always have to be a dick because he wasn't in charge anymore. And now he was just playing the Eric Bischoff character. And so he, he had room, to, like, to get, like, to get, to get ribbed all the time. And he took it. He yeah. took his ribbing like a man. And it yeah. was really cool to see that. I mean, he still did heelish things like, you know, three-minute warning. Yeah. And everything, which was, like, kind of cool and crazy. And he was always fucking with Stephanie, like, whenever he could. Yeah. So it was... It was cool to see Eric Bischoff still be Eric Bischoff, but also see Eric Bischoff as a character. As a character. He, he developed. Yeah. He wasn't just a bad guy on a motorcycle with NWO colors. Which was still phenomenal. It's a phenomenal yeah. one. I, yeah, I'm so, I still have to get there. I'm end of 96 in uh, Nitro. Um, oh, you're, you're getting to the fun stuff. I'm getting, I'm getting it's Roddy Piper uh, oh, no. with Starcade. I'm, not, getting, I'm getting, not there yet. You're getting to the fun stuff, Yeah, too. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it. It's not that good yet. Yeah. But anyway, Bischoff um, is the best general manager. Um... My favorite, though, uh, my favorite GM, for no reason of his ability as a GM, because he's one of the most mediocre ever. Don't tell me Brad Maddox. It's the Mac Militant. I fucking love Teddy Long. Oh, my God. <laughs> tag team, tag team creator galore. He's not a good general manager at he's all. He's a skinny general manager. But every time he came out and I heard his music, <laughs> I got to play it right now. This Every time I heard his music, every time he came out, every time he spoke, every time he was close to being, he was always stuck on SmackDown. Because when I first started watching, I knew him from the video game as a GM. Yeah. I played on SmackDown. Hence, I loved Teddy Long. And when he called me player and said, holla, I loved it. I was in seventh grade. It was the coolest thing to me. Hello, second player. Hello, second player. Because, like, in the game, like, he'll leave you voice messages on your 2008 phone. Yeah. Like, a flip phone. I was just like, oh, my God. He's sending me emails. It's Teddy Long. Holla, holla. So, and, like, I saw him on TV, and he's Vicky Guerrero's bitch. I'm like, what are you doing? You're ruining the character I love. And if you look back far, further enough in, uh, in Teddy Long's world, Teddy Long started as a referee. He's in WCW! Yeah! And I love it even more! I'm like, oh my god, it's Teddy Long in 1996! Teddy Long's a ref! <laughs> yeah, well, this time he was managing his two black guys. But, um, I was always rooting for Teddy Long. I'm just gonna let, let's let this play for a second. You know it's the Mac Militant! Come on and get it all. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, you got him away, you're coming to thunder and lightning to strike. I have, I have, there's looking like... 
Look at his dance. Look at his Titan shot. He's just. He's jiving. So Woo! It has to be Teddy Long. And Teddy, Teddy Long is the greatest GM of all time. He's my favorite. So bad. Just look, but he's the Mac Militant. Anyway, when I'm trying to get to my point, every time Ra had a new GM, I was like, it's Teddy Long. It's Teddy Long. He's gonna get out of that bitch face with fucking Vicky, or he's gonna run SmackDown. It's Teddy Long, and it was never Teddy Long. Like it was one time, um, William Legal got fired or something, and they need to bring a new one in. And this, like, before commercial break, um, and they showed like the Mr. McMahon's office, and out came Teddy Long. He's talking to like I think it was someone else for a potential um, GM. He just goes, "What's up, player?" And he just does this. He does the Vince McMahon shot, and he walks off. I'm like, "Yes, <laughs> it's gonna be Teddy Long." And then it wasn't Teddy Long. Oh well. Oh well. But Teddy Long ended up going into um, he ended up becoming the, the permanent SmackDown general manager, and he was terrible. Yeah, absolutely fucking horrible. Yeah. He absolutely. loved to create tag team matches. Yeah, well, he was a guy who liked... Okay, I can stop playing his music now. Okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just going to start from the beginning. He was... <laughs> Come on and bring it on. I just love that part. I just love the, the beginning. The first seven seconds. That's it. One more time. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the Mac Militant. Okay. Um, yeah, Teddy Long. Okay, moving on. Um, King of the Night. Our last one. Our last segment in this oh, amazing, amazing podcast. KOTR Podcast. You can find us on Facebook. Find us on Twitter. Um, King of the Night. We both have our picks. I'm going to pick one. You're going to pick the other. You can do the honors and go first. All right. I'll give you the hard decision. You'll give me the hard decision. My king of the night is not a hard decision. This is, an easy, this is a very, very easy decision. This king of the night is pretty much the king of sports entertainment, the man who invented sports entertainment in general and who is totally dominating anything sport right now, Vince McMahon. Cross-promotion USC. His biggest cross-promotional star next to The Rock, Brock Lesnar, pretty much headlined USC. He came out to his WWE theme. He won. He he was allowed, and Vince was allowed to have WWE commercials for SummerSlam, for WWE 2K17, with the headliner of UFC as the cover boy on the UFC card on the UFC pay-per-view, but supposedly the biggest UFC of all time. Then he goes, then Vince goes and has his franchise player, John Cena, host the ESPY Awards. If you don't know what the ESPYs are, they are the biggest sports award show from the worldwide leader in sports. Yes. <laughs> it's being hosted by a professional wrestler in a live format Vince McMahon is on an absolute tear right now he is by and large the king of the night yes yeah that's all I need to say well it's kind of obvious the king of the night is actually <laughs> that is right, ladies and gentlemen. I am not picking Brock Lesnar. My king of the night this week is the one, Theodore R. Long. I think that's his middle initial. 
fucking Teddy Long. I can't believe I have been so happy speaking about Teddy Long for the past 10 minutes. He is not appear on WWE programming this week, but I don't care. Teddy Long is my king of the night. And without further ado, we're going to close this show. Because goddamn, it has been a long one, but... You know it's the Mac Militant. Coming to get it on. You have been listening to the 35th episode of the Kings of the Rings podcast. You know what's the Mac Militant? Did you know it was the Mac Militant? We had an amazing show this week. Dave is off in Europe. We can get to talk about that, and we can. Sh- we have two more weeks. We have two more weeks to shit on him about it. Anyway, you can. I'm Will Tarashek. It's me. It's me. It's Ridley T. It's the Mac Ridley T. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. T is in Thomas. A R A S H U K. You can catch. Kitch. You can catch King Ricky Ortiz because as I look at him right now, he looks like David Ortiz. Now I want to shave. Now I want to shave. Now, no, thank you for that. Oh, yes, oh, I yeah, did. yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't anyway, anyway, where can the- sorry, where can we find you, Mr. Ortiz? <laughs> You can find me, King Ricky Rose, aka the third guy of the King of the Ring podcast, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, at Ambassador Biggs, B I G Z, Ambassador Biggs. Look out for me. How do you spell Ambassador? Just how you regularly spell Ambassador. I don't know how to spell Ambassador. A M B A S S A D O R, Biggs, B I G Z. All one word. I, th- I think you need another G and in- another Z in Ambassador. No, 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 I don't. Ambassadors. No. Ambassadors Biggs. No, no. That's overkill. All right, but next week we have the final Raw before the draft. We have the draft. We have the CWC. We have Finn Balor, even though it's coming up this week. Next week is going to be a crazy short talk about, I don't know. GMs. We got we yeah. have GMs coming. We have six hours of Monday Night uh, Wrestling potentially. Oh, actually, we already have six. We have three, two, and one. Last I did math, that's six. That's six. No, that's six. You're right. So we got a, we got a lot of wrestling to do. No, we have seven because the CWC will be starting. Okay, so it might be a seven-hour podcast, but until then, we're the kings of the rings! And we're out of this bitch. No. And we'll see you next week! Close enough. So you better watch your back, I'm coming and I'm ready for war, I'm ready to die. I'm a giant beast and I'm trying to eat, surviving the streets for my militants while we sing this. You know it's the Mac Militant, coming to get it all. Damn.